Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Amaka. How is everyone doing? It is a Friday, the Friday before the podcast is set to air. That's when I'm recording. It's Friday evening. It's around 8 o'clock, 8.30. And I decided that I was going to record today. Because I'm kind of looking at the next few days and I'm not really seeing how it would work. So I was like, you know what, let's do this a little earlier than we typically would. And that will give me more time to edit too. So I'm really glad that we're here, that I'm here and we're chatting again. This is going to be a chatty episode. No books this episode. I've just been feeling a little bit more chatty lately. I've been having things come to my mind that I want to share. I've been having things happen that I want to kind of let you guys know about. So, you know, as always, if you're doing great, I love it. If you are having, you know, a tough time or a challenging time, I'm sending love and support and positive energy your way. So let's get started. What am I up to? I am taking time off from the practice this week. My schedule with private clients is Wednesday mornings and then Thursdays and Fridays. So I worked my new part-time job on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, Those are afternoon slash evening when it comes to scheduling and then I see private practice clients Wednesday morning and then the rest of the week. So it had been the last time I took some time off from the practice was over the holidays. But with adjusting to the new schedule with the second job, and just everything that comes with getting acclimated with how things have changed, I just felt like I needed some time off. So I blocked off my calendar like maybe a month ago, told practice manager that I will not be seeing clients. And obviously there were no issues. I love my private practice. I love the private practice that I work with because I have complete and total autonomy over my schedule. Like as a provider, you know when I can see clients, but... There's nothing like, oh, I need to put in a PTO request so that I can take time off. No. And I know not everyone has this privilege. I know not everyone has this luxury. But I appreciate that this is afforded to me. And it just makes things a lot less stressful for me um, to be able to do that. And I really appreciate having that ability. So I was kind of feeling like I need some time away from seeing clients. I kind of need to just let my brain rest in that way. Because as much as I do love what I do, it can get draining. You know, on the days where it's particularly tough, I you know have to remind myself that sometimes my clients are seeing me at their worst point, you know, and when they get to the point where they're scheduling, scheduling an appointment with me, 
then, you know, shit has hit the fan and they feel like their back is against the wall and they have no choice. Not every client, not every client, but some, but some, you know, and that can be tough to manage on a pretty regular basis. And, um, you know, I needed a break from some of the admin stuff that is involved with private practice, you know, talking with the pharmacies and managing medications and prior authorizations and, you know, all these and emails. God, (laughs) not my favorite part of working, but it's important. So yeah, I'm saying all this to say I needed some time. I took a couple days off. So honestly, I don't want to say I did nothing today. I'm trying to reframe how I spent today. I think I think I spent today resting a lot of it. I initially <laughs> I initially had a plan because I do have some Um, patient notes that I need to finish up and submit. And I had originally planned to continue that work, even, you know, if it was just an hour or maybe two hours and take the rest of the day. But I started and my body was like, girl, this isn't gonna happen today. (laughs) This isn't gonna happen today. Um, So I was like, you know what, I'm going to listen to my body. My body is telling me that it does not want to do any work, doesn't want to do any work today. It just wants to kind of relax. So that's what I did for most of the morning. I just watched this TV show that aired that started um that premiered maybe two months ago now called shrinking one of my favorite shows if not my favorite show right now and it airs on apple tv plus and i'm actually going to talk about the show on the podcast episode today so i just to kind of give you an idea of how much i really like this show so i saw the preview before it started and i was like oh this looks really interesting and Funny enough, my husband also saw the preview and sent it to me because he was like, I think you might like this show. And I was like, well, looky here. Yeah, (laughs) I am waiting for it to premiere. And he was like, oh, okay." So I watched the first episode. I was intrigued. I continued and I just continued to fall in love and enjoy the characters on this show because they all have their own story. Um, But I will talk more about that later on. What I wanted to kind of chat about first was something I briefly mentioned that maybe on my last podcast episode or the one before that I talked about having this talk that I was going to do. So I was invited by the Dow Jones offices in New York City to close out their Black History Month mental health series, which was crazy. That was an amazing opportunity. And it kind of just fell in my lap. I am part of a networking group. And one of the members, you know, kind of put out feelers asking if there was anyone who had expertise in this arena. 
and the message came through my phone as I was picking it up. So I replied right away and we set up a couple of meetings. I put together an outline and then from there I put together a PowerPoint, which, you know, I hadn't planned on reading from or anything. It was just more so to kind of keep my train of thought going during the talk. And yeah, so I gave the talk on the 27th of February at the Dow Jones offices in, I think it was like Midtown. I don't remember exactly where, but it was like one of those famous buildings. I'm sorry, I don't remember. It was on Avenue of the Americas. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, I... So Dow Jones, a lot of people know Dow Jones as, you know, Dow Jones Industrial Average, the 30 or so companies, American companies that make up that kind of index. But Dow Jones actually has kind of a more than a few components. And the office that I worked with with this project was their kind of media and publishing arm. So Dow Jones ultimately manages and runs like the Market Watch, Wall Street Journal, Barron's, like your go-to finance publications are all under Dow Jones. So that's pretty much the area of the organization because it's a rather vast organization. That's the area of the organization that I worked with for the talk. And they had ha- they had had a series of events over the month. And after meeting with me, um, the point of contact who sent in the inquiry to the group and then her team, they really liked what I had to offer. And in order to kind of figure out what dates would work for all of our schedules, it ended up to be that I would ultimately close out their events for the month. Um, So yeah, I went to their offices on the 27th of February and I gave a talk on mental health within the black community, myths around mental health, what the, a phrase that I've kind of like coined for myself called micro moments of mindfulness. I talked about tools and strategies around that. I talked about books that I really think are great and important to read to help along your like mental health journey. Yeah, it was fun. And I think I was, you know, I wasn't like anxious about the talk leading up to it. There was definitely some nervousness there because I wasn't really too sure what I was walking into in terms of audience. Like, I didn't really know how many people had RSVP'd for the talk, but it ended up being a talk where everyone who saw it was virtual. So the the conference room was actually empty. It was just the AV people and like the tech people that were helping us set up. And then my point person who I had been working with on, you know, the talk, She ultimately was my facilitator and was helping move the talk along. So it was just her and I sitting with the PowerPoint behind us and then a couple of like support IT folks who were helping before the talk started. And I think for the fact that the room was mostly empty, I felt so relaxed and my facilitator was really great when it came to, you know, 
keeping the conversation going between she and I and really making it a virtual conversation that I hope the participants enjoyed. We had a quick little game segment. I gave out a prize and I think people learned a couple of new things. I think people got some really timely reminders um, when it came to mental health and you know first initial feedback was really good so I am very happy to have had this opportunity and I hope to have more opportunities like this in the near future so I just wanted to share that it was like one of my first opportunities to do something like this. So I really wanted to put my all into it. And I think, you know, that showed in the work and the effort that I put to present the information that I had. So yeah, feeling really good about that opportunity. And like I said, I hope I ha- I hope to have more. So as far as the weekend has been, well, it's not quite the weekend yet. <laughs> I've been off, so it feels like it's been the weekend, but I was in a little bit of a nostalgic mood yesterday since I had off. I had a little bit of a to-do list I wanted to get done, and I was planning to get things done in my neighborhood, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to drive to Long Island. I grew up in Long Island, moved there. My family moved there when I was six. And I grew up there, had my formidable years there. And every so often, I'll just drive there and, you know, kind of catch a little bit of nostalgia, see what is exactly the same, see what looks different. So I drove down to Long Island and it's always crazy, just like mentally to be back there as an adult because I moved out of Long Island 12 years ago now. I think June or July of this year will be 12 years. So I was just out of college when we had this massive family transition happen and I am definitely not the same person If I was, that would be concerning. (laughs) I'm nowhere near the same person I was 12 years ago. So I don't often get to go back to Long Island. But I was like, I have the time. You know, I'm not in a rush. Let me just make the drive. So I went back to my old neighborhood, my old childhood neighborhood. My old childhood home looks completely different. Like... I am really happy to see that the new owners or I don't know how long they've lived there, but they're new to me. So I'm really happy that the new owners have like really revamped the home as far as the exterior looks. It just looks really homey and inviting and just, you know, they're really giving it the TLC that it needed when we were leaving. So yeah, I don't know if there was anyone in the windows that saw me, but I came and I parked my car and I just sat there for a few minutes looking at that house. And I was just like, dang, like, 
you know, the new owners have no idea, you know, what lives were lived in that home before them. And, you know, so much that happened. And it's just like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm sure, you know, maybe there are folks who are listening who can relate, you know, leaving your childhood home and being gone for a very long time and having so much life happen after that. And then coming back, it's really, it's almost like a surreal experience. So I'm looking at this house that has borne witness to so much of my life, but it's not my house anymore. Obviously, it, it might as well be a completely different house, a different home. So yeah, that was something I did yesterday. I drove around my little neighborhood. Some of the people who were our neighbors still live there. 12 years later, I could tell by the cars in the driveways. <laughs> a good friend of the family who used to live maybe like 500 feet away, she moved. So there are new owners of that home. And some of the houses look exactly the same, which I guess they would. Like, I don't really know what I was expecting. But yeah, I I wonder if any listeners have done something like this where they've been away from their childhood home for so long and then they go back. And I wonder, I'm curious if you want to kind of let me know how that felt. I would really love to hear it. But yeah, I did that. I drove past my elementary school, which was crazy too. I haven't done that in a few years. I think the last time I did that was maybe four or five years ago. I don't remember, but I do remember the last time I went in the main lobby, I actually went inside. I don't remember why, but I went inside. There were still, um, there were still teachers from when I was there as an elementary student who are still working there at that point. I don't know of now. And they have this gallery wall of classes from my time and they still had the plaque of all our pictures from the class of 2003 because that was my class that graduated from the elementary slash middle school that was crazy to see but this was five years ago ish I'm not quite sure if they still have it now but they might they might I didn't go in this time I just drove past yeah and then I drove to our little downtown area some things had changed some things still looked the same and yeah I like to do that every so often because the further away I am from when we actually moved out of that neighborhood, like so much happens and, you know, I'm living different lives at any point in time. So kind of going back there, living my current life, it's like, wow. And I'm sure it won't be the last time. Like, I will definitely probably go back there in a year or two. And only God knows where I'll be, where my life will be, where my career will be. And yeah. So 
I did that. And then I got my car washed and needed a good washing. So I got that done, did some grocery shopping and then headed back home. Um, went to the gym too. So yeah, that was my day yesterday. And I wanted to share something that has really been a major motivator for me over the past, I would say, few months, especially with like personal endeavors that I have that I want to pursue. I saw this TikTok for folks who are familiar with TikTok or on TikTok. I saw this TikTok and this woman was talking about how everything is like everything else. And when she said that and explained what she meant, I I I finished listening to her with like a renewed sense of motivation and a lot less doubt, you know, in things that I'm trying to do. Because ultimately what she was saying was Everything is like everything else. Um, Very few, if nothing, is new under the sun. You know, let it not be that you don't do something because you think it has been done or everyone else is doing it. You're probably right. It probably has been done. And a lot of other people have probably done it. But do you know what makes it different coming from you what makes it different coming from you is the fact that it's coming from you and you have a certain x factor you have a certain spark that no one else can imitate or duplicate you have a certain way no matter what you're embarking on or no matter what creative journey you're going on, or no matter what you're trying to do to share with people or the masses, you're the only person who can translate your idea from being in your mind to executing the way it should be. You're the only one who can do that because you are your only you. You're your only you. You're the only person who is that person. And with that come so many different types of ideas and strategies and thoughts and thought processes and just ways of thinking that no one can replicate exactly. So because of that, whatever you do is going to be unique. And because of the uniqueness of that, that is going to impact a certain person. I also saw this TikTok uh, a few days ago, maybe. And this person was talking about how there are people that are waiting to receive a message that they will only be able to internalize under the sound of your voice. And I heard that. And was like, okay, if I had any doubts about this podcast or anything else that I'm doing, but talking about the podcast particularly, if I had any doubt, if I was ever considering discontinuing the episodes or just moving on to other things, I was 
kind of re-inspired by that because that's part of the reason why I started this because I'm like who knows who's listening you know I check the numbers every so often I see them going up but I'm just seeing the numbers it's hard to (laughs) it's hard sometimes to personify the numbers that I'm seeing because they're just you know two-dimensional but there are people out there listening and you know it's crazy to know that maybe maybe there's there's a good chance that what I'm saying is impacting someone in a particular way that they could only get it by hearing it come from me. And that is pretty profound. It's pretty profound. So I just wanted to share that. And going back to the first one, everything is like everything else. She gave examples too. She was like how Abbott Elementary, Elementary, which is a really popular show right now, reminds people of Parks and Recreation, Um, you know, and she was just using other examples in different industries like music and entertainment in general. And, you know, just ultimately the takeaway being people are inspired by people. Things are inspired by things. Products are inspired by products. Songs are inspired by songs. Movies are inspired by movies. Everything is inspired by everything. And because of that, everything has little pieces and remnants and traces of everything. Because you have to get that inspiration from somewhere. But with the remnants and pieces you know, that you take from inspirations, you use those components and integrate them with the uniqueness that is you. And those inspirations integrated with you helps you to put out a unique product that ultimately will be taken in by the folks who are meant to take in that product by you. So, you know, I, I find, I try to find things and motivations and inspirations that will keep me going every day. And when I am particularly having a tough time or trying to figure out what to do next, I think about those words of wisdom and it helps me to keep going. So I wanted to share that. And I hope that there's someone listening who will, you know, take that to heart. So let's move on. Okay. I wanted to talk about shrinking on Apple TV. So this show premiered about two months ago. It is a show that is starring Jason Siegel. He plays the main character, Jimmy. And then you have Harrison Ford. He plays Paul. Jessica Williams, who's my favorite character, she plays Gabby. And then there are other characters. But ultimately, these three main characters are therapists. 
and they work together in one practice, have patience and all this stuff. And Jason Siegel, who plays Jimmy, lost his wife in a car accident the year prior. So he has been going through his own process of grieving, which has been a bit tumultuous. But when the series starts, it looks as though he's starting to come out on the other side. And, you know, we get we get scenes of mostly Jimmy in sessions with patients. And he because of everything he's gone through, he has decided to kind of switch things up a little bit and not be so by the book when it comes to, you know, his therapeutic practice. And he is being a little bit more blunt. And he's taking a very unique and sometimes questionable approach when it comes to advising his clients. So he had this one client who has been kind of going back and forth with her very um, unimpressive husband who has kind of been emotionally abusing her. And, you know, ultimately, you can't tell your clients what to do. But Jimmy gets to a point where he's fed up and he just tells her to leave him. (laughs) And he tells her to like, he tells her that if you don't leave your husband, I have to stop being your therapist. (laughs) So that doesn't end well. But Ultimately, she does leave him, albeit temporarily, but I'm not going to go too much into it just in case you want to (laughs) watch the television show. But yeah, there's another client of his, Sean. He's a young, probably like early 20s. I think he was he's like 22. He's um, an army vet. He went to Afghanistan, maybe for one or two tours, came back, has PTSD, which he is um, struggling to process. And despite that, the anger and feelings are coming out through violence, because he is finding himself in um, a couple of fights. So he has to obey this court order to see a therapist and he lands on Jimmy's couch. And Jimmy decides that he's going to take Sean to an MMA studio to fight out his feelings. And it ends up working, albeit temporarily. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You might sense a theme developing here, but please watch the show. I really love it. I know everyone's, you know, um, taste is different. But if you like shows that are centered around like therapists and things like that, I think you'll really like this one. So yeah, saying all this to say pretty much that he, because of this tragedy that he has gone through in his life, he's taking stock of a lot of things and he has decided he wants to do therapy differently. So what I really love about this show is it just shows how you know, therapists don't have all the answers. Therapists don't have all the answers. They are very well trained. They can really get you through a lot of stuff that you're dealing with, you know, but sometimes their lives are falling apart. 
and they don't take their own advice. <laughs> and it's just kind of hilarious to watch. Um, Paul is a much older therapist in his 70s, I think. He was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's um, and he has not told his family. And when I say family, I mean his daughter. He has one grown daughter who has her own family. Um, She's married with a son. And Paul has not told her that, at least in the beginning of the series, he hasn't told her that he has Parkinson's. And he is struggling with that, partially because... He divorced her mom when she was young and he kind of buried himself in work and wasn't always there for her. So he's struggling with that too. I I see with Paul a lot of kind of reckoning with how he dealt with things in his life, particularly with his daughter and kind of having this diagnosis reinforces the facts of mortality and really wanting to um, make things better, but there's still fear there. There's, you know, the reality of being scared. So he's dealing with that. And then you have Gabby, who is played by Jessica Williams, who is this beautiful, tall, gorgeous black woman. And she is dealing with her own shit because her husband who um, ultimately becomes her ex-husband, has been dealing with substance use and is dependent on painkillers. He eventually becomes sober, but that is a big reason why they end up splitting up. So she is actively going through a divorce in the series. And while she's dealing with this, you know, she's involved in other things going on with, you know, her colleagues. She's very close or I wouldn't I don't know if I would say she's very close, but she's she's very good friends with Jimmy because she was best friends with his wife, Tia, who passed away. So she is also dealing with her own grieving in addition to dealing with getting divorced. Um, and then you have Alice, who is Jimmy's daughter. She is like 17 and she's also grieving in her own way, which is interesting to watch because she's still a teenager and is still doing teenage things, but now has to carry this load that you would hate for a teenager to have to deal with, you know, at such a young age. So Yeah, I just wanted to talk quickly about shrinking. I love the show. I love how they just put the magnifying lens on the lives of these therapists who are, who show up, you know, day in and day out, helping these clients navigate their lives. Meanwhile, their lives are crumbling (laughs) behind the curtain. And it's just, it's just great to watch because you see them have these, you see them have these kind of realizations over the course of the season and, you know, still making mistakes, but really just trying to do better. And I don't know. I don't know if I can say that I relate to it. I guess I was intrigued by the show because I am in this field. You know, I am a provider. 
um, but I do provide therapeutic support to my clients too. And it's and it's interesting to watch this because I have had days where I literally don't feel like I can work. Like I had a particularly tough day last month where I was just tearful the whole day. I was just tearful the whole day from like when I woke up to like evening, like it was really, really tough. And literally up until a minute before my first client, I was wiping away tears. But I mean, I can't cancel. Like I really just had to suck it up and get through my day. And I was able to. I don't quite remember why I was so emotional that day or what had happened. But thankfully, that passed. But just remembering how tough it was, like, therapists go through their own shit, like, mental health professionals in general go through their own shit, like, sometimes it's hard to show up, but you still have to show up. And I love seeing how these therapists still show up, despite what they're going through, and trying to navigate everything and find themselves on the other side so yeah um I think that's it I'm nearing 40 minutes of recording but before I end for today we have to talk about the journal prompt which I forgot to add at the end of my last episode but I added it to the show description hopefully you were able to peek at it there For the journal prompt for today, I want to focus on creativity. And I want to ask you, do you consider yourself a creative person? If you do, why? Think about why. And if you don't, think about why not. I've been trying more so recently to prioritize a little bit more having a creative outlet. And... I am thinking about how creativity has shown up in my life and how, you know, it really hasn't really been able to manifest. I don't know if that's even the right word, but have I truly tapped into my creative potential? I feel like I was a lot more creative when I was younger. Like I had a fashion design binder and I would draw dresses on stencils and I remember art class being my favorite class in elementary and middle school so I feel like I tried to be more so creative when I was younger but because my family particularly my dad was so science and medically inclined that's the direction that I was pushed into and you know, I found myself there, kind of, not really how I was expected to, because my family wanted me to go to medical school. And I, I, I rode that wave until I couldn't ride it anymore. Like I, I said that I was going to go, I was going to go, I was going to go to appease them. But when it got to the point where the rubber meant the road, and I really had to make some, like, um, concrete decisions, I, I told them that I wasn't going to do it. And one parent took it better than the other. <laughs> I would say one parent took it a lot better than the other. 
Um, but yeah, I say all that to say my creativity, I wouldn't say it was stifled, but it wasn't really encouraged and forget it when it comes to it actually being a career. But since I have kind of gone through all my schooling, which has been very, very science heavy, I am thinking more about how I can tap into my creativity and what speaks to me, what makes me happy when I think about the different types of outlets. And I'm reading this book right now called The Artist's Way that is supposed to help with that. Um, And I'm not quite sure if I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but I might, I might not. We'll see. Um, But yeah, I just kind of want to end the podcast leaving you with that question. Do you consider yourself a creative person? And if you do, why? And how has creativity shown up in your life? And if you don't, why not? And why do you think that is? And have any past experiences kind of cultivated this belief in you that you're not creative? Um, And do you think things could have possibly been different? You know, and if this is also the case, is there anything in particular in your life that made you feel like you weren't creative or that you couldn't pursue creativity as a passion or as a career? So a lot to think about. um, And I hope at the very least it just motivates you or encourages you to just pause and think a little bit maybe write some thoughts down so yeah I think that is the end of the episode thank you guys as always for listening if this episode or past episodes have positively impacted you please rate or review them on your preferred listening platform please share please recommend please write to me if you have any questions or thoughts that you would like me to share or anything you just want to tell me personally let me know email me at btbwpodcast at gmail.com Or DM me on Instagram. My contact information is in the description box. And as always, thank you guys. Love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.